0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. This is our weekly Twins Chat. We're going to bring in Rhett Bollinger to talk about a team that Rhett is just still stuck in mud. You know, it's just not uh, the, the bad start of, of April has, has obviously bled into May here. and Twins enter the week with an 8-23 and record, by far the worst in the American League. Uh, we know the frustration level of the fan base, certainly, but take us into that clubhouse. What is what is being said about the way things are
1: going here early on? It's been tough. You know, it's a team that thought they are at least going to get out to a better start, and then even when it went, you know, 0-9, said, okay, we can kind of get out of this. Um, and so far, it just hasn't happened. You know, when you get swept again by the White Sox over the weekend, um, it's basically one of those things where, you know, even if the pitching is good, like Duffy pitched pretty well, the offense isn't going, and then when they score some runs, the pitching is struggling, so they just can't find ways to win. And it's just, you know, a frustrated clubhouse right now. Um, I think all the way up to, you know, the general manager, Terry Ryan's having a rough time with it. Uh, Paul Modder, obviously last year, did such a great job and led him to a winning record. I think he's trying to figure out what's going on here too. And obviously now there's a ton of injuries as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of these things where they're trying to shake up the roster and try to get things going. But the problem is, is they don't really have the guys right now uh, at A to call up that really are going to make a big difference, to be honest. Um, so, I think it's just one of those things where the injuries are starting to pile up too and just bad luck but uh, yeah definitely not a good place right now for the Twins.
0: No and and you know a lot of times in a situation like this a team like with as you said with expectations both internally and externally uh, and it gets off to, to this poor of a start sometimes the the heat would start to fall on the manager but this is really not one of those situations right Red I mean Paul Molitor going into the year I know there was talk of the, the, the Twins happy to have him aboard for as long as he wants to be there and obviously, and just organizationally, it's not a team with a lot of turnover in the manager department over the years. We know that. So uh, it's almost like you don't really know where to point or where to look right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I mean, with Malder it's only his second year. So it's pretty rare for a manager, really, in any organization, especially coming off a of year where he finished, you know, uh, yeah. you know, third in the American League uh, manager of the year voting. They get fired, like, mid-season, um, you know, even with the Nationals, with like Matt Williams didn't last very long. Um, but he you know, obviously had that first good year, same thing I think he won manager of the year, and then after the last you know, season he was fired. So maybe after the season, but even that was surprising. me. Like you said, Polad, Jim Pollard has said that Mulder can manage his team for as long as he wanted, but obviously he did say that uh, after a, a very good year of managing last year. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the Twins are an organization that would react that way in season at all, whether it's Terry, Ryan, or, or Paul Mulder. And really I, I think that given Pollard's loyalty to both those guys – it would be surprising to see it happen even after the season at this point. But uh, obviously there's still a lot of baseball to go. They could play, you know, even if they play 500 ball the rest of the way, they would only win like 73 wins or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it, I think the organization, like you said, is definitely one that's always been preaching stability. Um, so, yeah, there's really nothing in terms of, you know, shaking up. Maybe coaches, though, maybe, you know, someone like Tom Bernanski or something like that it, could be in trouble if it continues for a while here. But, um, but in terms of a shakeup, in terms of manager, I just wouldn't see it moderate only about a year and, and a month, and you know, a couple of days into his uh, tenure year.
0: Yeah, and as we know, sometimes those changes are just eyewash anyway. It, it's just uh, the bottom line is the, the team's not performing. But um, you mentioned, you know, frustration mounting, injuries mounting, uh, strain groin for Eduardo Escobar. Jorge Polanco comes up. He's the Twins' number five prospect, according to MLBPipeline.com. What he tells about Polanco.
1: Polanco's been a good hitter throughout the minor leagues. Um, it's a guy though that I think that the issue is just whether or not he can pick at shortstop. There's some people in the organization who believe he can play shortstop uh, long-term, but there's also a lot of people, including I think Malter, who think he's probably better suited to be a second baseman, um, which is obviously tough for this organization because they have Brian Dozier kind of entrenched there. Um, but Polanco's a top 100 prospect. He's hit at every level. Um, you know, not not so much of a power guy, but certainly makes a lot of contact. Um, he's been up, you know, quite a bit actually, which is funny the last couple of years here. I don't think he's ever been up for longer than, like, five days. I think he's been right. up each of the last, you know, couple seasons here. Uh, you know, two years ago, even as a 21-year-old, I think he was up. So he's still a young guy, um, you know, a big prospect for them. But you got to wonder, you know, are, are, is he going to be a part of the organization long-term because with Dozier at second base, or is he going to be some sort of trade bait at some point? But for now, uh, he was one of the guys from AAA who was playing really well down there. And like I said earlier, they really shook it up with the roster. But it's funny, some of the guys they called up, you know, whether it was, um, you know, Juan Centeno or – for Darren Mastroianni to kind of come up as a fourth outfielder really weren't even playing that well at Triple A, but they just had to get somebody up there. Whereas Planco's having a really good year at Triple I think at this point he probably is pretty close to major league ready because um, he's had such a good you know run at the minor leagues. But like I said, they're just trying to find a spot for him. And I think with Escobar on the DL, we'll probably see him at you know shortstop a little bit more and see if he can handle that at the major league level. Because um, like said there definitely are some people in the organization who think he can, but some thinks he's more of a second baseman.
0: Uh, one thing the Twins did to try to shake the tree and, and see what comes out in the midst of these struggles was uh, address the bullpen a little bit. Uh, Casey Fiend and uh, Tommy Malone were both designated for assignment last week. Pat Dean and Brandon Kinsler joined the pen. Uh, Fiend was claimed by the Dodgers off of waivers. Malone cleared waivers and went to AAA. A. Uh, Red Malder called that day, you know, awkward and uncomfortable, uh, having to say goodbye to those guys, but. Um, again, probably a necessary byproduct of the way things have gone. But what, what can you tell me about the uh, the bullpen shakeup there?
1: Yeah, it was a little awkward mostly because I think just because of the fact that the fact that they were on waivers got uh, leaked. So I think a lot of people thought that when the initial story came out on the off day that um, Feeney and Malone were on waivers. I think people just assumed that meant designated for assignment and that they were off the team already. But they weren't. The waivers didn't expire until Saturday, so they had to play on Friday, knowing and every and all the fans, everybody knowing too that. Yeah. They weren't going to be on the team probably as soon as Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of one of those awkward situations. And, and sure enough, on Saturday, the waivers did expire, and Fiend did go to the Dodgers. And Malone kind of surprisingly wasn't claimed, but I think probably mostly because of his salary. I think he's owed about $4 million this year. But I still thought a team maybe like the Angels or something like that that needed a starting pitcher might take a claim on him. So I think the Twins are happy that he at least stayed with the organization and, and just outrighted to AAA. Um, and the guys they brought up, Kinsler was having a nice year at AAA. Uh, a good reliever he gets a lot of ground balls. He's had some success in the past with the Brewers. Um, actually, looked pretty good in his debut with the Twins over the weekend. Uh, Dean, uh, as a lefty, which gives him a lefty option out of the bullpen. He's more of a starter in the minor leagues. Um, he's had some pretty good numbers last year. Had a great year at AAA Rochester as a starter. Uh, this year also had a good start to the year. Uh, we'll see how that translates to the bullpen. He's not a hard thrower or anything like that. Um, but at least another lefty arm uh, after they also made a couple other roster moves. Uh, you know, designating Ryan Work for assignment and also designating uh, J.R. Graham for assignment. So a lot of shakeup in the bullpen. Uh, We'll see how how Dean and and Kinsler do. Um, But we'll kind of, yeah, in this bullpen right now, just kind of mixing and matching outside of the back end there and still kind of hoping that, you know, that Perkins will come around here soon.
0: Yeah, obviously a a drastically different concoction in the pen than uh, they went into the season with, and the Perkins injury is part of that. What's the latest on on Perkins and also Kyle Gibson, uh, both those guys recovering from shoulder issues?
1: They're starting to make a little bit of progress here. Um, I think per- Perkins is a little bit behind Gibson. Um, Perkins is starting to play catcher at 60 feet, which is, good, which is a good sign. Uh, I knew he was torn off of kind of like one of those uh, pitchback type things uh, early last week, and then I think over the weekend he's starting to throw off flat ground, uh, which is good because obviously as a closer, he only needs to kind of get built back up to throw an inning, whereas Gibson has to kind of get built back up obviously to start. Um, but he's going to be thrown off a mound pretty soon, Gibson is. He's uh, probably in the next week or so. Um, but Gibson's obviously going to have a re- rehab assignment and all that just because he's a starting pitcher. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things we are probably still a few weeks away at the very least, uh, but at least encouraging their both throwing.
0: All right, Rhett. Uh, one good thing to come out of the weekend, Tyler Duster, you mentioned he threw the ball pretty well. He had the four strikeout inning uh, as well with, with the one uh, curveball that got away. and. Um, he, that was the 77th time. I didn't realize it was that many, 77 times in Major League history. Uh, Obviously, that's a long history, but it still struck me as a higher number than I would have guessed uh, of guys with a four-strikeout inning. So there's one positive at least, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. But Duffy had a good start, you know. I just didn't get much offensive support. Yeah, I remember that was – I think the last time I saw that happen was, I think, uh, Liriano struck out four for the Twins back in 2012. I guess who they their playing. But, yeah, it's definitely pretty rare. It sounds like a lot more than I would have thought, too. So I've been covering baseball now for eight, nine years, and I've only seen it in person, I want to say, two or three times. I think I forget who else did it when I was seeing it. But, yeah, it's pretty rare. So it was a cool feat, at least for Duffy to do that. He um, had a good, solid outing again. So that's a good sign that uh, last year, obviously, he had a great second half of the year when he got called up. And the fact that he's continuing it is definitely a good sign. Yeah,
0: the Twins can use a few good signs about now. So there's one for you. Uh, we'll continue to check in with Rhett and, and see where things go from here. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Minnesota Twins Edition.